Welcome to the 507 Podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Baymanette. Episodes are recorded in the Beans on Hand coffee shop located on Hand Avenue in downtown Baymanette, Alabama. For more information, check them out on Facebook. In this episode, we continue our talk with Amanda Phillips, who serves as the Sexual Risk Avoidance Coordinator for the Women's Care Medical Center. Now let's get to the talk. Is there any advice you could give to like some of our parents of our like fifth and sixth graders of how they could start, you know, kind of broaching this subject with their kids, but, you know, in a delicate way, you know, not when they get to your program, you know, make their eyes are open a little bit wider, but something that they can go ahead and start discussing with them anything ahead of time? It's really important for our parents to be watching whatever their kids are watching because it presents so many opportunities to just look at your child and say, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts? Do you think that's normal? You know, and just start those conversations and you know, let your child um, answer and be honest. Don't recoil. Don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, as I tell my presenters, don't show fear. <laughs> if they right. ask a question, answer the question. Because that, I think, is what our children are hungry for the most. Mm -hmm. They are hungry for those answers. Um, They have the questions. Trust me, on medical day, they have the questions. I guess it's harder to ask your parents the questions than it is a stranger. It is. Like yourself coming in with them with all their peers as well. They're going to see you. They have, right. Yeah. I tell my parents all the time, I'm like, look, it's way easier for me to talk to your children about sex right. than it is to talk to my kids about sex. Do <laughs> you find any of the kids come prepared or with a set of knowledge? Um, or do all of them pretty much come in just all they know is what they've seen on TV? Some have some knowledge. What I have found is it's surprising knowledge, and sometimes it's surprising in a mature sense, and sometimes it's surprising in an extremely misguided sense. So, I mean, honestly, you never know which you're gonna have. So that's why I tell my presenters, don't show fear. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the question, whatever the question is. So I, I have two young boys. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere near teenage age yet. <laughs> um, but in preparation for that, you know, I'm also a student pastor, so I, I, I like to know, are there any like telltale signs if you know somebody is struggling with an emotional issue or a physical issue. Anything along the lines of um, that they're involved in things they shouldn't be involved in. Are there any kind of hints that would help me um, in realizing what they're struggling with at the time that they're in? I don't know if that question makes any sense at all. but It does. Um, <clears throat> what you're looking for is just a change in the relationship between you and that child. Mm-hmm. So if they came to you and you guys enjoyed a close relationship and they pull back all of a sudden, that's the number one sign that something's going on because they don't, they don't want to be, um, they don't want to be busted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They don't want to be, but they don't want to, they don't want to be around the person that's going to tell them that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And sometimes it may be their own personal problem, or it might be the fact that they have a friend that's struggling with that and Mm -hmm. they just don't, want to talk about it so but that's the number one thing is just watch for that all of a sudden pulling back pulling away some of it's normal because they're just spreading out becoming independent sure. but 
And maybe it's a woman thing, but for me, it's more something that I feel. Like I feel those walls. I feel um, like the lack of eye contact, the change in tone. So I think those are things to look for. What about for a guy? I mean, I will tell you something about boys. Having a conversation with a boy, a serious conversation, goes better shoulder to shoulder. It's a much less aggressive mm-hmm. posture, mm-hmm. and driving in the car works fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to have a, con- a serious conversation with your boy, do it while you're driving somewhere. Yeah. And they're more than likely to be much more open. Makes, I like that shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. What is your advice for really talking good. with girls? Take them somewhere. They still are going to respond better to the shoulder to shoulder, but if you're bonding, if you're shopping, if you're eating, take her to do something. Get your nails done together. Have a girl's day uh, and make it make it kind of all about her. And she's going to, more than likely, she's going to open up better. Some barriers, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So we're here and, you know, as Christians, we've... We've got to address this, you know, and we've, I think, turned some corners in the last decade or so, and and I can't remember when this emphasis uh, of true love waits, Mm -hmm. you know, when when these things really, because, you know, we seemingly sometimes in our churches, and I've grown up in church and, and, and as a Southern Baptist, but, you know, we... Uh, these are your list of do's and these are your list of don'ts, and we don't even we're not going to discuss it or why these are do's and why these are don'ts. But I think uh, emphasis like true love waits, um, true love waits comes from a biblical uh, precepts that God has given us to maintain to have and maintain a healthy marital relationship by keeping something that is special and reserved for a time that it is appointed when uh, a man and woman commit themselves in a monogamous marital relationship for life. And so that's those types of emphasis for our children who are being raised in Christian households definitely reinforce what parents are modeling and teaching. But for those children and youth, young people who are coming to the church who may not have that benefit of experiencing a Christian household, they don't get to see it modeled maybe as they would some of their counterparts who are reared in a Christian household. But at the same time, they're seeing that people care enough about them to address every area of their life not only their spiritual life, but their emotional and their physical life. And as we know, the Bible teaches us that we are components of all of these things. And I think of the Luke 2 passage where Jesus grew in wisdom and strength and and both favor with both God and man. He grew in every way, in intellect, and he grew in, in every facet, just as we are as humans. So that's just a, a take home point for me that we. We have to engage our culture in hard things like this and not shy away, but to understand our students, our children, our young people are struggling, mm-hmm. and they need to know our churches love them and care about them and are willing to roll up our sleeves and talk about the hard things sometimes. Know why. That's good. Um, you know, I talk to tons of parents, and 
unfortunately, the ones that are the Christian households, they're the ones that are going to tell you, oh, well, my child doesn't deal with this. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not into this. Mm-hmm. But they're exposed to it, sure. whether or not they're doing it. And that's the danger, is what they're exposed to. You know, and I guess I'm, I don't mean to monopolize this, but it just a thought dropped my, in my head. Even if we could create a protective barrier around a young person all of their life and put them in the proverbial bubble, one day that bubble's going to pop. Mm-hmm. And one day our young men and our young women are going to be exposed to it. And it's just we need to give them the foundation that they can understand whenever they're exposed to it. We, I wish we lived in a perfect world, but we do not. And, and we've heard these statistics today. Uh, and, you know, it, it comes way too early, way too soon. But at the same time, they're going to have to begin to have that foundation to make those wise, biblically-based choices that they'll be glad they did, you know. And it's just when that time comes, when they are not having to have that hard conversation as you were telling us about, about, you know, okay, so we're getting serious in our relationship, so there's some questions I need to ask you. You can have those answers that are less difficult to give than the other way around. The thing that I see is that if we give our, if we equip our children mm-hmm. and empower them to make good choices and educate them to make good choices from a physical and a spiritual standpoint, then they get to educate and empower their own friends. Because here's the problem that I see is if they don't know the why, then when they're approached with or exposed to a different lifestyle, they don't know why it's wrong. And all they hear from their friends and from culture is how great it is. And if that's all they hear and that's all they know, then they don't have a weapon. They have no defense at all against an attack like that. And I think our parents should definitely want to arm their students with the truth. And I think that goes back to how do we expect our children to be salt and light if we don't help them be salt and light, you know? You know, the Bible says parents raise up your child in the way they should go, not student pastors, pastors, or children's <laughs> ministers. It's parents. So it all comes yeah. back down to the parents. And we as ministers, you know, are, need to equip parents. Yeah. Uh, so that they can be who God has called them to be and who God has equipped them to be. So they raise their children. Right. And then um, one other thing is, you know, we all have choices. Our children have choices. So if they make those mistakes, it's so important that we don't make them feel like all is lost mm-hmm. and that it is hopeless because it's not. I am walking proof of that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of my destructive road, I was addicted to alcohol. I was finding my worth and my value in sexual relationships, and I had made a choice that cost my daughter her life. And I was, I was devastated. But that didn't stop my Jesus. That's right. I mean, he came after me, he rescued me, and little by little, he put me back together. But it took that moment of me returning, of me coming back to him and saying, okay, I tried it my way. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I did that, 
I don't know how to explain what happened, but the day that I did that, the room just filled with this love and peace, and his presence was so thick that I just knew that it was the presence of God. And there was a lot of work and a lot of long roads that came after that, but there were no explanations. There was no condemnation. There were no I told you so's. It was just his mercy and his grace. And I owe him everything for the life that I have now. That, that redemption story, that's what get lost, gets lost so often mm-hmm. in the hurt and in the pain and in the heartache and uh, the judgment that they feel. Mm-hmm. But that redemption mm-hmm. that we're trying to offer, that Christ offers to them, I mean, that's where teenagers get lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. Are you able to share that with them? And, you know, not only in the schools, but I know through the women's medical care centers, you work with, with women there. Um, how are you able to share that redemption story? Well, it's not just teens that get lost in that pain. It's the adults, too. We forget because, like Dr. Chip was saying earlier, you know, we, we get this list of do's and don'ts, and then we feel like, well, okay, I did that, so I can't tell anybody. And that's, that is the most freeing thing you can ever do is to speak, is to speak truth and confess because until you confess, it's still your little secret. The Bible tells us that everything that's in the darkness will be brought to light. And once it's exposed, then the enemy has no power over, over you anymore. And so um, that's what I share with when I get the opportunity to be back in that counseling room. Is once it's exposed, then you can grow. Then you get to move forward in your relationship with Christ. But as long as you keep silent, then the enemy is still going to use that and, and hold that power over you.